Welcome, everybody, to Fanstream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fitoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on X at PFitoff. This is episode 101 of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. This is the Central Michigan preview for this Saturday, September the 16th. But first things first, head over to our website at fanstreamsports.com for additional podcast information. If you have an Apple device, an Android device, please feel free to download the mobile app for Fanstream Sports. And then also, if on our Facebook page, like that page, there's additional content out there as well. Please feel free to share that with your friends and family. Some basic information about this game for Central Michigan. The big thing you need to know, it's not on NBC. You're thinking, well, it's a home game. It's got to be on NBC. They televise all Notre Dame games at home. However, one a year, they put on their streaming service called Peacock. This is that game. So for this game, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's on the Peacock streaming service. I repeat, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Peacock streaming service. If you do not have that service, most local bars do have that service. Go over to a friend's house that has that service. I do have that service. And you can just sign up for it too to be able to watch the game as well. I know last year I got in on a deal for about $1.99 a month. They've since raised that to $5.99. But I think for new customers, they have been running some deals here and there. I don't know if it's for the $2 a month like I got in on, but you may want to check that out in case you do not want to go to a bar or uh, go over to a friend's house and just uh, stream it on your own. 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Peacock uh, streaming service. Other uh, just general information about this game, Central Michigan, they are the Chippewas out of the Mid-American Conference, and that's the MAC, schools like Toledo, Bowling Green. Uh, they come in at 1-1. One one. Their first game, they lost to Michigan State, 31-7. to And then last week, they won... Uh, against New Hampshire or New Hampshire, some people say it either way, 45 to 42. This is what I found interesting with this uh, game. They are coached by Jim McElvain. I think it's McElvain. Some say McElvain. I'm going to say McElvain first. It's easier to pronounce. You might remember that name. He ended up, or he was at Colorado State a few years back. And then it was a big hire for Florida at the time when he went to Florida. Let's just put it bluntly. It's It was a disaster from the start. Uh, he ended up getting fired from there, or it was just a mutual agreement to part ways. He was not at Florida that long, but he has been at Central Michigan since 2019. Uh, the analysis that I do today, it's going to be pretty simple. This this is only their third game, our fourth game. This should be a, a dominant win. Hopefully this game's over by halftime. Hopefully it's 31, 35, if not 40 to nothing or 40 to 7 similar to the Tennessee State game where we can sit Sam Hartman and the starters in the second half, get the younger guys in, and get ready for Ohio State for that big game the following week. But do, no disrespect for Central Michigan, but it is what it is. They are at max school, and uh, hopefully this game's over by halftime. Uh, some general um, information here with their stats. Both their quarterback is uh, obviously their leading passer and also their leading rusher, uh, Burt Emanuel Jr., He's 18 of 36 for 280 yards passing, three touchdowns, three interceptions. He's also the leading rusher. 38 carries for 142 yards and two TDs. And Chris Parker is their leading receiver. Five receptions for 142 yards. If you look at their overall stats, offensively, they're a better rushing team than passing team. 
Uh, rushing the ball, they average about 180 yards a game. That's pretty good. Uh, but passing, they only average 150 yards passing per game. Hence, they're a better rushing team than passing teams. That's the way it looks on paper, at least. I've not seen them on film at all this year. Defensively, looks to be a, a decent uh, rushing defense. They only give up 86 yards per game. But here's where I see the big opportunity for Notre Dame. Not as, as if they hadn't had a big opportunity just playing this opponent uh, as is. Uh, they give up 386 yards passing per game. I repeat, 386 yards passing per game. Sam Hartman and the receiver should have a field day in the first half. At least hopefully in the first half. Have a big first half and then uh, rest up in the second half, get the younger guys in and put this game away early. Here's what uh, I wanted to mention too. I really, to me, I shorthanded the the defense in the NC State game. I really didn't go over their stats in, in depth, but they really had a, I, I mentioned before, Maris Leofau had a his best game ever as a Notre Dame player during that game. But they really held their own during that game. I know uh, Brennan Armstrong did make some plays here and there, but he's he's a solid player. He's going to make some plays, and you just have to tip your hat off to him. But I had said earlier that they had only two interceptions that led to 14 points. They actually had three interceptions. Two of those did lead to 14 points, but they actually had three turnovers during that game, and they were all interceptions. Xavier Watts had an interception. Benjamin Morrison had an interception. And then also uh, uh, Devin or DJ Brown. So DJ Brown, Xavier Watts, and Benjamin Morrison all had interceptions during that game. And they were led by Thomas Harper with seven tackles and Jack Kaiser with six. But they really played just an outstanding game overall. Um, as I said uh, during that podcast, the offense just kind of was uh, uh, was just in la-la land for most of the game. But then those turnovers helped the offense turn it, turn it around. Uh, later in the second half. Uh, what else here? So this is the thing where that, that's pretty much it for the analysis for this uh, Central Michigan preview. But this is going to lead into a pop culture reference that I think is going to be pretty relevant as we head into the second quarter of the football season after this game as when we get into the Ohio State game, Clemson, USC. First things first, before I get into the pop culture reference, we have to continue to be a better tackling team. Uh, that was relevant in the NC State game. We had been pretty um, helter-skelter in the Tennessee State game. Some questionable tackling. It got better in the second half, but you got to tackle better as we head into the uh, uh, second quarter of the season. And that really uh, held up during the NC State game. We cannot have these... Six to seven, three and outs. I know NC State was a decent defense, but with Ohio State coming up, Clemson, USC, Duke, we have to get better offensively and not just kind of be uh, kind of a just kind of going through the motions is what I'm trying to say. We got to get better with those three or not to have those three and outs is what I'm trying to say. And here's the big thing as I look at my notes here. Um, yeah, be I kind of back to that point, just be crisper on offense and not just have these laws that we saw at NC State. But here's the big thing for me, and this goes into my pop culture reference. Uh, I, I recently rediscovered Silver Spoons, popular uh, 1980 sitcom, ran from 1982 to 1987. It was on NBC from 82 to 86. 
Then it went into syndication for the last year, uh, the 86-87 season. And I, I, I always just thought just certain shows like Baywatch, they were very successful when they went from, they got canceled by NBC, went to syndication. Uh, but a lot of shows did that. I, uh, Too Close for Comfort was one. Silver Spoons was another. But I'm finding out more and more shows ended up uh, finishing their run on syndication. But anyway, Silver Spoons, I, I watched that show as a kid in the 80s. I watched probably every episode. It was a weekly event at our household. But it wasn't like one of the more popular shows. I Let's just put it this way. I considered a a show that I followed in the 80s or a popular show where I would watch it multiple times, whether in whether it was a current rerun or when it went into uh, syndication reruns where you would watch it after school or whether it would be on uh, uh, like seven o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night on some other non-network uh, uh, channel is what I'm trying to say. But I was more into where I watch a show more than once, like the Cos big fan of the Cosby show, Growing Pains, Family Ties, Night Court, Roseanne. Not really, Alf was more just a one, one, just watch the show once and that was it. But anyway, let me get to my point. Silver Spoons, I finally discovered it again on Tubi uh, a few weeks back. And I'm like, oh, I'll watch that again. I was pleasantly surprised. It was better than what I remember it being. And that's what I want this Notre Dame team. As they get further and further into this season, we've seen it way too many times in the past. They go 10 and 2, 11 and 1, 12 and 0, and then just get annihilated by uh, Alabama in that national title game. And we've always come to, not always, but it's usually been, well, we weren't as good as what we thought we were. Uh, we thought we were a really good team. We thought we really had a really good quarterback. Yes, they were solid. But we're not as good as what we thought we were. I want this year to be where, as we get into the season, whether it's into a major bowl or into the playoffs, maybe even a national title game, where we say, hey, this team was better than what we thought. They just got better and better as the season went on. And that's what Silver Spoons was to me, because let me tell you about Silver Spoons for my pop culture reference. The show epitomized the 80s to a T. When I look at this, the set design, the clothes they were wearing, I'm like, oh my God, this was the 80s through and through. And then also Ricky Schroeder was a pretty damn good child actor for the time. Uh, also the dad of that show. I know when you think of like TV dads, he, his name was uh, uh, Edward Stratton III on the show, but it was played by actor Joel Higgins. Great actor, great comedic actor. He was kind of the gel that held that uh, cast together. And he was kind of, I think, uh, I don't want to say second fiddle, but I just don't think people appreciated how good he was. Because obviously the beautiful Aaron Gray, which was his uh, administrative assistant, then became his girlfriend, and then they got married. She she was uh, obviously a fan favorite. Um, she came from Battlestar Galactica. And then Ricky Schroeder, obviously big-time child actor at the time. But here was the thing I learned as I researched this. I forgot Jason Bateman was on that show for the first two seasons. He played a smart-out friend of his, Derek. And I read up that he was becoming more popular than Ricky Schroeder because his character was such a, a great character being a, a smart ass pretty much. And just a very uh, great comedic timing for a child actor himself. What ended up happening, they ended up uh, cutting his contract for season three and he ended up going to another uh, sitcom that pretty much bombed the first year, but then he got into uh, Valerie and then that became the Hogan family. And then long story short, 
he wasn't hurting hurting at the end. I've done a podcast on him before where he still had a very good uh, child uh, acting career. And then in adulthood, he's really gone above and beyond. But they ended up cutting his character because he's becoming more popular than Ricky Schroeder. So what they ended up doing was he they cut that character and hired uh, Alfonso Ribeiro, who was uh, well known at the time for the Michael Jackson Pepsi commercial. He could break dance really well. But uh, that that made the show even more popular. But I kept trying to think, well, had they kept Jason Bateman, then add Alfonso Ribeiro, Ricky Schroeder, um, they still would. I still think the, the the show would have been pretty good, and maybe it would have lasted uh, longer than 1987. Maybe it would have went into the 88, 89, and maybe even into the 90s. Uh, but that's the thing with Notre Dame. This team is very deep. Uh, don't just shortchange the players. If 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 a senior is you know the starting you know receiver or what any position it is is what I'm trying to say. If there's a young uh, uh, player pr- pushing them, you got to play them. Don't be like Silver Spoons. Yes, it was better than I expected. This show, it was, uh, it was a great show. I mean, it was uh, better than, as I said earlier. But if you have a a character that's maybe, uh, uh, how can I say this, um, overshadowing the main character, like Ricky Schroeder's character, who was, I think he was Ricky in the, the Silver Spoons as well. You got to play. You got to get everybody involved is what I'm trying to say. No matter how many seniors you have, upperclassmen, the young kids are, are uh, pushing them, play them as well, you know, and who knows what would have happened with Silver Spoons had you had a Jason Bateman, Alfonso Ribeiro, who ended up going to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air playing Carlton. Uh, he had a really good uh, uh, career there as well. I'm trying to say, like I said, kind of got long-winded there. Sorry to do that. But what I'm trying to say is for the second quarter of the season, I want to see, we want to see this team being better than what we thought they were. But also, if those younger kids are pushing them, you got to play them as well. Don't cut them like what they did with Jason Bateman. But I can't say enough with Silver Spoons as we get into this pop culture reference again. Much better than I thought. Uh, the grandfather in that show was was very good. I think his name was John Houseman. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, Franklin Seals, I think was the name, who was the business manager for... Uh, Edward Stratton III, but I can't say enough about that. The dad in the show, he was excellent. Very great comedic timing. Uh, he's not really known for being a popular TV dad of the 1980s. You know, the you know the Jason Seavers, the Alan Fix, you know, Bill Cosby. I know, take aside what we, we know about right now, but he was a very popular TV dad for that time. But Joel Higgins, uh, I can't say it enough, just pleasantly surprised how good he was in the show. And just overall, how great um, that show was, That, from what I remember it, uh, in the 1980s. And back to the, the the TV dad, Joel Higgins, who played Edward Stratton III, it's very eerie because I'm a big fan of Ken Berry from Mayberry RFD, uh, from F Troop. That was way before my time, F Troop, and even Mayberry RFD. But then Mama's Family, I know him the best because that was in the 1980s. Another show that was on NBC got canceled went into syndication and became more popular. But if you listen to Ken Berry, and if you listen to Joel Higgins, they sound eerily similar. Their voice is very, very similar. I can't say it enough. And he kind of reminded me of just Ken Berry in general, especially for his comedic uh, comedic side, comedic timing uh, during that show. And that's another thing too with, uh, with Notre Dame. Uh, maybe there's just similar players where uh, 
we just don't know about where our depths even deeper than what we think i can't say enough with this pop culture reference i want it to be where we're deeper than what we think and we're better than what we think instead of in years past where oh my god we get to the bowl game we're so excited we're going to finally win a big bowl after 30 years we're finally going to win a playoff game after not after 30 years but a big game after 30 years but we find out this team was not as good as what we thought the coaching was not as good as what we thought with silver spoons and with notre dame this year i want them to be like silver spoons in the 1980s i forgot or just didn't realize how good that show was it epitomized the 1980s the acting was better than i thought uh the the tv dad joel higgins was better than i thought reminds me of ken berry they sound the same as well but that's what we want to get with the second quarter of the season into the third quarter the fourth quarter and whether it's a whether it's a new year six bowl or a playoff appearance even better a national title i want this team to be better than expected just like what i realized with silver spoons of the 1980s so thank you so much for joining me for episode number 101 on the fighting irish daily blitz and as always go irish <laughs>